says, here it comes. Let's all stand to our feet and worship the Lord this morning. Uh, John 3.16 tells us, for God so loved the world. Amen.
smile on your face. Tell somebody how glad you are to see them this morning and we're going to fellowship in just a little while. All right?
if you would, you can find your place and be seated. Good to see everybody here this morning. I uh, got just a few announcements. First of all, is anybody a, a first or second time guest today? Anybody? I know you. Don't you do that, girl. There is one right there. Amen. All right. It is so good to have everybody here. Uh, this is, uh, we are really into the Christmas season now. I know because uh, Christmas falls on Sunday next week that a lot of people are doing their uh, family Christmases and extended family Christmases this weekend. Got a lot of sickness. Please be praying for everybody that's sick. Uh, but I'm glad that you are here this morning. Amen. Don't forget uh, Wednesday. Uh, we will have services and everything this coming Wednesday. But uh, Wednesday between Christmas and New Year's, we will take off. All right. No activities on those days. But this Wednesday, we will have Wednesday morning Bible study at 10 a.m. And we will have Wednesday night services. Uh, a little bit differently, uh, this, uh, this Wednesday night, we are doing a children's Christmas party. They're actually going to be at Urban Air, the uh, the trampoline place, and it's got other stuff inside the trampoline. But they're going to be there four to six, and then come back to the church at seven. The adults, we're going to do regular schedule. We'll have dinner at six, and then at seven, when the kids get here, adults, we're going to help with the kids party, and we're going to all be together in the uh, fellowship hall there. And you'll get to see where all this angel tree money went because we're going to be giving out gifts that night. And so, adults, you come and you help us. That's not your night to stay home. That's your night to come help and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. Uh, so, everybody come. That's what's happening this Wednesday night. Uh, don't forget, we always need teachers and helpers with children and toddlers for Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. Uh, if you can help with that, please come see me. You do not have to be a teacher. Uh, we just need some help. Uh, we don't need uh, Miss Cindy or Miss April uh, to not be being fed and not being able to be in the service. And the only way that happens is to have more help, all right? That's how you burn people out when you don't have enough help. So if you can just come and, uh, and be the body, be the enforcer, or be somebody to just be there and help. We just need warm bodies a lot of times, amen? So uh, you come and you help them. Uh, come see me if you can help in that area. Uh, don't forget, uh, giving can be done in the envelope with cash or check, but you can also give online. It's right there on the screen, uh, giving.landmarktyler.com, all right? Uh, Christmas ornaments for our family tree. We had two ornaments given. Uh, they're up here. Uh, they're little kind of angels, I think. I don't, what is that one? That's a butterfly. That is so pretty, yes. So... If these are yours, we need to know who they belong to because part, part of the point of the family tree is uh, for everybody to have something to represent your family. So uh, they're here. Come put your name on them or put, you can put the name on the bag just so we know who those are. You can still do that, still bring an ornament for your family. Uh, the angel tree is the one back by the door back there. We are, uh, again, having the party this Wednesday, but you can still give. Uh, the church supplemented uh, what we didn't have come in, so, but we, we still want money to come in. So if you can give to help towards giving those kids a great Christmas, uh, just uh, continue to give. Put the money in an, or check in an envelope and then write the amount on one of the angels on the tree so that we know what the amount is, okay? Um, Let's see. I think I already mentioned our holiday schedule. We will not have uh, we will not have service next Sunday on Christmas morning, but we will have a Christmas Eve service. That will be our service for the weekend, and we're going to do that Christmas Eve. We're doing it at 5 p.m. Now I know a lot of people. Some people do their family Christmas stuff on Christmas Eve, 
but uh, we're purposefully doing it at 5 o'clock. We'll be done by 6 o'clock. That still gives you time to go and do family stuff, go out to eat, whatever it is you do on Christmas Eve. But please come here. Let's uh, begin by making it a tradition. If you've got family, you say, well, I can't come. i got family. No, you can come because you've got family. Bring your family, all right? Uh, so uh, I'd love to fill this place up on Christmas Eve. It's going to be a very special service. All the lights will be out. It's going to be a candlelight Christmas Eve service. We're going to take the Lord's Supper, and it's going to be a very special service. And I promise you we'll keep it under an hour so you can still go do all your Christmas Eve activities, all right? And then no service on uh, Sunday, December 25th. And no activities on uh, Wednesday, December the 28th. Also, no life recovery class today. Brother Terry is uh, not feeling good today, so no life recovery class. Miss Melba, yes. Miss Melba Seagroves, uh, if you knew her, she's not been able to come uh, physically for the last couple of years because of her bad COPD. She did pass away. Um, she's the little short, gray-haired lady used to sit next to my mom, Mimi Trammell. Uh, she, they, were her, they were partners in crime, amen. And so, uh, Miss Melba, sweet, sweet lady, pray for her family. And uh, the service, if you'd like to go to the service, is tomorrow at 10 a.m. at Burke's Walker Tippett. So if you'd like to attend that. All right, let's stand and let's continue to worship, if you would. All right.
Father, we love you and we thank you so much, God. We thank you for, Lord, that manger that means so much to us, God. And as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we love you and we thank you. And Lord, we understand today that, God, we there would be no cross without that manger. God, there would be no Easter without Christmas. And we thank you, Lord, that you left your throne in heaven. You left your glory to come and die and be a sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. And so, Lord, I pray that as we celebrate Christmas, that, Lord, we would remember, God, what it's all about, that Jesus is the reason for the season. And, God, may we keep our focus on you amidst all the presence, amidst all the things going on during this Christmas time. I pray, Lord, that we would give you honor and give you glory and make you the focus of Christmas. Father, I pray that you'd be with Brother Martin as he preaches now. God, I pray that, God, you would just, uh, just, God, give him the words that we need to hear today. Holy Spirit, come and speak. Holy Spirit, come and move in this place. Prepare our hearts for this season. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. If you have children and you would like to go to Children's Church, they can meet Miss April over there at the uh, door over there. Give all of our children and our helpers a big hand, if you would. Amen. And Brother Martin Ibarra is going to come and share with us. Give Brother Martin a big hand, if you would, this morning. Amen. Check. There we go. There we go. Chat. All right. It's there. So Matthew chapter 1, and we are going to go verse 18 through 25. So I will give you a... Put her away secretly. There we go. 
just been one of those mornings. Verse 20, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So again, being Christmas time, you know, um, you always want to talk about the birth of Jesus. You always want to talk about the nativity scene. You always want to cover lots of different things. Well, this morning, what I want the focus of the message or what you get out or I get out of it is Emmanuel, God with us. It's so easy to say and it's so easy to know that biblically, the, the Bible says that, yes, God is always there. God has always been present. God is with us at every single moment of our lives. But I don't, I don't know about you, but for me personally, sometimes this is a hard concept for me. Emmanuel, God with us. And this verse, for some reason, this year has just been dropped over and over, either in my spirit, either in when we did Fields of Faith, you know, the, the message that, or the spoken word that Carly uh, gave was Emmanuel, God with us. And so for me, I, I feel like this is part of my personal growth, my Jesus revealing himself, because when you understand Emmanuel, God with us, it can change you and mold you and just have a totally different view of who God is because really what I'd like to read it is Emmanuel, God with me. Amen? And so at the beginning of this passage of Scripture... We start off with a young lady and a young man, and they are engaged to be married. And I don't know uh, if they lived in today's day and time, this would be a huge event. This would be something that you, you could mark down. You would have to really, really celebrate it. It's a joyous, momentous occasion. If Joseph and Mary were here in today's day and time, they would have to put out a video of him getting down on one knee on the beach somewhere with the sunset in the background. They would have to make the, 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 the reels to go on Instagram. They would have to make a TikTok video because it is an exciting time. It is something that if you don't put it on social media, did it really happen? I don't know anymore. I really don't. And so this young couple, not only are they engaged, 
But then another momentous occasion happens, and, and, and they're, they're having a child. She is with child. In today's day and time, uh, you would have uh, Joseph kicking a soccer ball, and boom, it would either be pink or blue or something, and you would have the gender reveal. I don't know what they played in ancient times. I'm just going with soccer because why not? <laughs> it is World Cup Day, by the way. It's two, two, Oh. I don't know if some of y'all are recording. Yeah, I don't think y'all are soccer fans. I am, but. <laughs> Both of these events are things that should be just big. And there's joy in it. And there's happiness. And there's excitement. But it quickly turns from that into sour news because the pregnancy uh, is not a celebrated occasion by either one of them. Literally, Mary is, is told that you will give birth to a child, but he's of the Holy Spirit. Make that make sense. Here's a young man that I love. Here's a young man that I'm looking forward to marrying. And I have to go, and I, instead of making the TikTok videos, instead of doing the gender reveal, I have to go and tell him, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant. Now, we've not been together, and, and I've not been with anybody. This child is from God. Now, can you imagine what she's thinking? It, what is he going to think? Number one, probably going to think I'm crazy. Number two, uh, is he going to want me to go on Maury and see who the daddy is? Because that just doesn't happen. How am I going to raise a child by myself? Will Joseph stick with me? Will he love me enough? There's all these emotions, all these things that are going on inside of Mary. Now, on the flip side, Joseph. This is the woman that he loves. This is who he has, he, has, he has gone down and used three months of his salary to buy the engagement ring. I think that's what the, the, the quote is, three months salary. That is crazy to me, but that's a, well, I don't know. I guess it depends on how much you make. Anyways, I'm getting chasing the squirrel there. Is this really believable? I really, really love this, this girl. I already saw a future with, with this girl. Now, I'm within my rights to call her out. I'm within our culture to have her stoned if I want. And, and at 16 or 17, as a young man, and somebody does you wrong, more than likely, you're going to choose violence. You are, because that's where your maturity level is. Do I have her publicly shamed? What do I do? What do I do in this situation? My wife-to-be is telling me she's pregnant, but she's never been with anybody. 
The expectations were high in both of these situations. The expectations were, were of perfection. Every girl dreams about their wedding. Every girl dreams about their, their future husband. Every girl has these expectations of what the wedding's going to look like, of what the, uh, of what the engagement's going to look like, of what the baby, uh, that whole thing's going to look like. You know, they make birthing plans where you get to pick who's in there, what they're doing, what they're going to be saying. You get you get the, it is a, a Burger King world, your way, right away, how you want it. And all that's out the door. All that's out the door. In this occasion, in these occasions, all they got was interruptions and not interruptions in a good way. This week, the past two weeks, we are in a time of Christmas, and Christmas activities are in full swing. It's a time that's called the most wonderful time of the year. It's a time where you are supposed to be holly, you're supposed to be jolly, it's a time of excitement, it's a time of activities, it's a time of fun, it's a time of laughter, it's a magical, magical, magical time. But for many of us in this room, it's not so much. For some of us in this room, it's not so much. There's expectations that come up with Christmas. There's expectations of the gifts. There's expectations of the food. There's expectations of everything that comes along with Christmas. And for some of us, you just can't wait to get it over with. Thank you for the cheerful message, Brother Martin. You're welcome. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Some of you may know this. Some of you may not. But when it comes to Christmas, I'm more of a Grinch. I've been more of a Grinch in my life during Christmas time than I've been a Cindy Lou Who. Matter of fact, that was a uh, moniker that my family used for me for many years. They still do, but then my heart grew three sizes. But I can still be a Grinch. There's been many times in my life where I'm not a jolly person to be around during Christmas. I'm not the person you want to be around during Christmas. I've been more of a Scrooge than a Tiny Tim. I've said humbug probably more than anything, and, and that's just being real. That, that is me. Like, Christmas has not always been this great thing for me. And some of us in this room, we can relate to that. We can relate to that. 
And it could be something that happened from your childhood that was out of your control, that had nothing to do with you, but it still affected you. Or, or it, could be, it could be that maybe you're in the, one of the different stages of what Christmas looks like in, in your life, in, in, in your household, because there's different things that happen throughout our lives that, you know, the only thing that's constant is going to be changed. So, you know, if you're, if you're a mother and, and you have some sons, number one, you probably spoiled them because, you know, they're your babies. But if you have sons, the Bible literally says the boys leave and cleave. They leave your household and they go and they set up their own household. And more than likely, they're going to set up their household attached to the girl's family. It's biblical. It's there. The guy leaves and cleaves. How does that feel, mama? Not so good. Not my baby. And you know, it just seems to naturally happen whether people come to church or not. If you look at the majority of, of, of relationships, men seem to leave their household and cleave to the wise family. Before I got married, I, I wasn't saved. I didn't know anything about leave and cleave. Guess what? Majority of what we do is with my wife's family. Or maybe things have changed to where, you know, the people that used to gather around the table don't gather around the table anymore. Maybe there's a spot there that, that, that's not being taken up by, by the loved one that used to sit there. You know, Amanda's grandmother, she is 91 years old. She's one year older than when Sarah had a baby. I thought about this a couple weeks ago. 90 years old, and that's when Sarah was having a baby. I'm trying to picture her having a baby. I'm like, whoo, that's scary. That had to be a miracle, Lord. Things change. The people that used to be there aren't there anymore. That's just part of life. I don't know when I went from the person that shows up and eats and gets up and leaves to where I started bringing stuff. To where I started a lot of it now, we do a lot of it, and I, I'm like, I, I, I'm looking for the grown-ups. I guess I'm the grown-up because I'm doing. Where 70 or 80 people used to gather, now it's more like 30. Where 30 used to gather, now it's 15. Like, I, I'm trying to imagine because Amanda's grandmother, she has literally, everybody that used to gather around her table, they've gone to the other side of glory. What does that feel like? I don't know. I may turn out to be 90, and I may know, but I may not. But I don't know that I want to know. If you're a young person that's just starting off, maybe you, you've moved somewhere, you, you have a job now, you have a career, you can't come home, and you're sitting around in your apartment, and you're trying to, you're, you're trying to figure out how you're going to do your life. You're trying to figure life out. 
or maybe you come to the the family functions but everybody asks you where your where, where your boyfriend or your girlfriend is and it's hard to relate to these people that are so nosy all the time trying to put pressure on you that you're supposed to live life a certain way and you're not living up to those expectations and so you have a hard time fitting in that can be pressure filled or maybe your family and, and your marriage and everything looks great from the outside, but what no one sees is that when you and your wife uh, go to bed, you're back to back, and, and you're not even in the same book, let alone the same page. And so instead of having your family come together during Christmas, it just causes this rift inside your marriage, inside your household, because there's these pressures of what you're supposed to look like and what's supposed to happen and the gifts that are supposed to be given and everything that comes with Christmas. Well, that's not enjoyable. Because when you're having problems in your relationship, add Christmas to it. Your problems will multiply. Amen? And so... Just like these, these events that, that are there for Mary and Joseph, just like these things that are happening for them and, and the, the disruption that, that uh, their, their betrothal and, and the disruption that the pregnancy brings up and now they're thinking about what are we going to do? Like, do I take her as my wife? Do I, is he going to accept me? You know, I'm, I'm having a child no matter what. God said I am, so therefore I am. The very thing that disrupted their whole lives, the very thing that caused so much chaos in their lives, usually is the very thing when God's involved that is going to take care of those disruptions. See, because verse 23 says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is trans translated God with us. The baby that's coming caused all the problems. The baby that's coming is the answer to all the problems. And so when it's Christmas time and we have problems and we have things that, that we're not, we're a Scrooge or we're a Grinch, the very thing that causes hurt or pain or whatever's happened to us in our lives, the very thing, Christmas, God with us, is the very answer to the hurt that we've carried around in our lives all this time. And you, you, you know as well as I do that if you don't take care of the things that cut you, you're going to bleed on people that did nothing to you. You're going to bleed on others that had nothing to do with it. And then that can become a cycle on, in its own because you feel bad because you, you're, not, you're not nice to your loved ones. You're not nice to your family. And then that becomes a cycle in its own. And, and so what I, what I want to get across this morning, what, and really I'm probably preaching myself more than anything, 
is the very catalyst that sometimes did not feel good in my life, the very catalyst of me being the Grinch, the very catalyst of me being the Scrooge, the very catalyst of Christmas has always been the answer to my problems that I've had. Amen? But when I understand that all the other stuff is extra, and it's about Emmanuel, God with me. It all makes sense. Now, I wish I could tell you I, I'm up here and I have it figured out, but I do not. It's called a personal relationship. It's called a walk with Christ. Because sometimes we're walking forward and sometimes we're walking backward. But I wanted to give this message this morning because I could get up here and talk about sweet, sweet baby Jesus and, you know, paint this beautiful picture. But really, the real world, what we live in, it's not always pretty. And so I, I want to give hope to you. I want to give hope to myself. You know, the answers uh, for, for having a good Christmas is verse 23. Now, I know sometimes, ladies, it makes you feel good to turn on that Hallmark channel, and you see the, the girl that came home from the big city, and, and she comes home, and she's trying to save the family farm, and then, you know, her uh, boyfriend from middle school that was so sweet to her, but they had this little breakup, walks into her life, and next thing you know, they're baking cookies and they're making snowmen and there's reindeer that are pooping gold. And I mean, it's just so amazing. Why can I have a life like that? <laughs> Nothing against Hallmark Channel because I've kind of gotten into them. <laughs> I told you my heart grew three sizes. That is a byproduct of it. No matter how mushy and gushy that feels, that's not real. That is not the answer. That is not the solution. All the lights that we can go see, you go to Santa Land, especially right now, you know, when it's cold and you walk in and Santa's sitting there and you got hot cocoa and you, you walk through the lights and there's the little guy fishing that you've seen a hundred times, but man, it's so magical. You can look at all the lights your heart can see and it still will not be the answer. The answer is found in verse 23. If you get nothing from what I say this morning, if you hear nothing else about this morning, if you don't remember but one thing this morning, is that just like Mary and Joseph, the answer is in verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And when that can become real to us, things can look a whole lot different. Healing comes in that. Forgiveness comes in that. There's so many times where I feel like I've spent a good amount of time focusing on the circumstances or the interruptions that are in my life or that have happened instead of focusing on God, instead of focusing on God with me, God with us. That what I focus on always takes me down the wrong path. 
What you put your focus on is where you will head. If all you can think about is the negative, you're going to be negative. If all you can think about is the problem, that's all you're going to have. If, if problems is your main focus, that's the life that you're going to live. And not only will you be the one paying the price, but those closest to you will pay that price with you. Amen? Now, this is the time of year, and Brother Mark always does a very good job when we get into the holiday season. This is a time of year <laughs> where relationships, especially with family, are always very, very interesting. Where relationships of maybe you being hurt or you not feeling good enough or you trying to please others or you, you trying everything you can to harness a relationship, to harness maybe a hurt that's happened to you, to harness a I accept you and it may never come. Back in Genesis, in, in chapter 29, there, there's a story about, about Rachel and Leah. Jacob works for his, his uncle Laban seven years, and uncle Laban throws in his first wife, Leah, but, but he, that's not the one that Jacob wanted. The one he wanted was the younger one, Rachel, and the Bible says that he loved Rachel, and the Bible says that he wanted to do everything for Rachel, and the Bible does tell us that he did not love Leah. Genesis 29 says Leah was unloved, and God with us heard her, and God with us saw her, and so he opened up her womb, and he gave her children, and in her mind, and the Bible tells us this, in her mind, if I have a child for my husband Jacob, he will love me. If I have a child for my husband Jacob, he will accept me. If I have a child for my husband Jacob, I will be accepted. I will be enough. And so the Bible says that she, God gave her one child. His name was Reuben. His name means the Lord has seen by affliction, and now I'm going to be loved. But that wasn't good enough for Jacob. The second one was Simeon. Uh, my husband will now love me. My husband will now accept me the second son was not enough and then she had a third son Levi and at last the Bible says that she, she in her mind she thought I've given him three sons he's got to accept me now he's got to love me now and the Bible says it was not so so she has a fourth child and his name is Judah now, Judah's name, actually, Leah goes on to say, Judah, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. The previous three sons, she said, my husband will see me now. My husband will accept me now. My husband will take me in now. I will be loved by my husband, Jacob, and once she got to the fourth one, she said, I will praise the Lord. God with us. And she quit having children. 
and she found that God with us was enough. And she had peace, and she had comfort. And no, she didn't have the marriage that she thought she wanted. No, she didn't have the things that she thought she needed. But God with us gave her that peace. Now, if you keep on reading, her sister Rachel, well, they're very competitive anyways. They end up having a little bit more competition. Leah forgot the lessons that she'd learned. And so she goes on to have two more kids to try to have her husband accept her. So yes, we can learn this lesson and we can forget and we can start chasing other people's approval and we can start chasing things that are never going to happen. One of the things that I, that I have to sit down and I have to talk to some of these teenagers and one of the messages that I do not like giving, but it's necessary, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you have the mom that you have. I'm sorry that every time you turn around, she's out of your life and she's chosen other men over you. I, I'm sorry that that's the father that you have. I'm sorry that all you get is you're sorry, you're no good, you're a fill in the blank. I'm sorry. But you're going to have to find a place and I can't do it for you or I would. You're going to have to find the place where God with us takes over. And you're going to have to find forgiveness for them, not because they deserve it, because they don't, but because you deserve it. Because if you hold on to that, you're going to keep having children like Leah. You're going to keep, you're going to keep trying to please other people, and it's going to eat you up, and it's going to keep on hurting I'm sorry for the disruptions that have happened in your life. I'm sorry that things haven't turned out the way that you think they should. I'm sorry that, that you, you are in the marriage, in the situation, in the family squabbles, and whatever it may be, fill in the blank. Each one of us has something. I'm sorry. But God with us can make all the difference in that. Does that mean that those people aren't still going to be around. No, it means that you have peace. It means that God with us is changing you from the inside out. It means that you finally found a place for forgiveness so you can keep on moving forward and so you don't bleed over other people that never cut you. Amen. A few years later, God delivered the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And he used Moses to lead them along the way. And along the way, he called Moses up to the mountaintop for 40 days. And the very same people that could see the pillar, uh, the, the cloud, the uh, fire, the very people that saw the, the Red Sea part open, the very people that saw all these miraculous things within a few days, they're going over to Aaron and they're saying, we don't know what's happened to your brother. We don't know what's happened to Moses, but we're out here. We're all by ourselves. We're scared and we need a God. And we want to trade the God that's been with us for a God we can see. 
We want to trade a God that has been with us for a God that you can mold out of gold. And they collect all this gold, and Aaron makes a golden calf, and they have this big festival, and they bow down to these gods, and they worship these gods. And the reason I'm sharing that is because so many times you and I can do the same thing. And I believe this time of the year is probably worse than any other time of the year because if you're if you're carrying hurts with you, if you're carrying things with you, then this is the time when it doesn't even necessarily have to be a bad thing. Many times it's shopping. Is shopping bad? Well, it depends on the credit card bill. But you see people so stressed out about they got to get all the gifts and they got to get the right things and they got to and we forget about God with us. And it, everybody walks around short-tempered. That can be a God in itself. We lose our focus. The Israelites went from God with us to wanting their own personal God. And that, that was the golden calf. Gifts. Oh my gosh. Culture shock there. First time I ever went to a non-Hispanic gift exchange... Oh, gifts up to here, and the grandkids are just going through them left and right and just throwing one thing after the other, and I'm like, oh, my word. And you got granny or grandparents over here just, you know, making it rain with $100 bills to all, all 50 or 60 people there. I'm like, that, that was just like $2,900. But that was the expectation. That was the focus. And, and again, don't get me wrong. Gifts are good. Don't get me wrong. Shopping is good. But when it costs us God being with us and that becomes our God, then we've lost what it's about. Families. <laughs> you know, your family can be your own personal God. Mothers, I, I, I don't know. I, think, I feel like this one might apply to you more so. You, you quit doing and taking care of yourself because you want to take care of everybody else. And, and there's this God-given thing of you being a caretaker. And, and you may sit down some mornings or you may sit down in the evening and, and you wonder, who, who, who's going to take care of me? I've taken care of the kids for all these years. I've taken care of my husband. I'm taking care of my mom and my dad. I'm taking care of everybody else. But who, who's going to take care of me? There's nobody here taking care of me. And, and I, I believe wholeheartedly that that is probably more towards the ladies there. Because you want everybody to get and have and you want everybody to be happy. And, and it can become so burdensome and so tiresome. And, and at some point, if we focus on the God with us, lessen that stress. It's okay if the kids don't get that, that extra gift. It's okay if the kids, if, if the husband doesn't. Ask your husband to step up. I, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. But you are worth it. You are worth being taken care of. 
And when the focus is God with us, that's who can take care of you. Amen? Big one for me here. Well, we'll use Brother Mark's first. Appetite. That can become our God. We, we feed ourselves. That's why they call it comfort food. For me, alcohol, drugs. It's a little more enjoyable being around all these crazy people if I just take a shot or two. It's a little more enjoyable if I just pop that pill. I'm a little bit happier. So it seems. Tell you for a large part of, of, of our younger days, I probably wouldn't show up uh, 100% sober at those family functions. Self-medicating became my God. Self-medicating became my focus. Self-medicating. But when I understand God with us, it makes a total world of difference. Anything can be our God when it's not God with us. Now, going back to Mary and Joseph, they were in the same place as we find ourselves in today. Again, Mary, you're going to give birth to the Messiah, and guess what? It's the Holy Spirit's baby. And because of that, you are uh, going to have to tell your husband, your fiancé is probably going to be ready to divorce you. Like, I'm doing something for God. I'm doing something good. If I do good things, aren't good things supposed to happen? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. And then you have Joseph, and, and in his heart, how was he feeling? Here's the woman that I love. Here's the woman that I want to marry, and she's been unfaithful. And so Joseph, Joseph could have overreacted so easily, and rightfully so. But neither Joseph nor Mary in this passage of Scripture acted on their feelings, acted on their emotions, they did not act on their fears or their feelings. They waited to hear a little bit more from the Lord. And the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream. And the Lord tells Joseph, I'm going to give you a little more information that you weren't privy to. And I'm going to let you know that, yes, you can take her as your wife. And yes, that is the Holy Spirit's baby. And yes, you will call him Jesus. And yes, there is a Messiah that 700 years ago prophesied that there will be a virgin with a child and he will be born and we will call him Emmanuel, God with us. That is who is going to be born to Mary, your wife. And even after all this, the Bible says that Mary and Joseph 
had to go away to be counted and they have a baby in an unfamiliar land and they have a baby far away from family and they have a baby all by themselves, 17, 18 years old, on a donkey, nowhere to go. They're in with, with the animals and they have to have a baby all by themselves. Amazing, isn't it? Easy, isn't it? But all this took place so that God could be with us. God with us came to rescue us. God with us came to bridge the gap that was caused by sin. God with us came to take our sins and give his life so that you and I may be made right with God. God with us came to bring peace. God with us came to bring joy. God with us came to give our life or life to our hearts. So many times, if you've been alive any amount of time, this time of year, your heart does not feel like it's alive. God with us came as the ultimate answer to all the problems in our lives. And when we can understand, when we can take that, when we can accept that, when we can meditate on that, when we can preach that to ourselves, when we're not feeling like God is with us, it will make a world of difference. Are you still going to fail? Absolutely. Are you still going to struggle? Absolutely. But when God is with us, there is nothing that cannot be overcome. I don't know what this time of year looks like for you. Maybe it is the most magical time of the year. Maybe your whole world looks like the Hallmark Channel threw up all over the place. I'm, I'm glad for you. I'm glad that is your life. But maybe it hasn't been so magical. I'll close with this. God made a promise. God made a promise through the prophet Isaiah that this baby, this baby called Emmanuel, his presence to us would totally change everything in this world. His presence would be different than anything that had ever been seen. His presence from that day forth would change the trajectory of mankind. His presence would totally flip everything upside down. And in Matthew, in Matthew 1, the Bible says that Jesus took on flesh. He lived, he breathed, he walked, he laughed, he cried, and he felt everything that we feel. And he is present with us in a new and different way. And in the very last chapter of Matthew, after Jesus has been crucified, after Jesus has been given over, after the separation of Jesus from God the Father, after everything, the very last thing that Jesus tells his disciple before he ascends to heaven, he reminds the disciples, observe, observe everything that I have commanded you. Observe everything that I've given to you. And remember, I am with you always until the end of the age. Amen. And so whatever Christmas looks like for you, Whatever the holidays look like for you, whatever your year looks like for you, whatever your struggle looks like for you, memorize this verse. Remember this verse. 
And when we focus on the God with us, it will make everything else so much better. I can tell you that when I gave my life to Christ, I always say my heart grew three sizes. But I've made memories, beautiful, beautiful memories of making homemade rolls with our girls. Regardless of what happens in life, regardless of whatever hangups I may have had, whether, you know, real or mad, whatever, when the focus is gone with us, I'll always have the memories of us doing homemade rolls. Everybody has a job. I'm the butter person. I'm the go put them in the freezer person. We have music in the background. Usually it's a record player with some old Hank Williams. Yes, Hank Williams and some of his colorful words. Johnny Cash. <laughs> Ernest Tubb. All, all, all the old ones. Somebody Price, Ray Price. All these beautiful things that if God wasn't with me, I don't know that those memories would have ever been made. But no matter what, you can't ever take those things away. Amen? And then, on top of that, you know, my girls, they, they were saved when they were younger. Your kids go off to college. Your kids get to make their own decision about what they're going to do with Christ. They got involved in church. They do all those things. And God with me was the catalyst for all of those things happening, regardless of what happens going forward. God with us makes such a difference. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Martin. You know, I want you to remember what Christmas is about. Uh... I always try to, again, redirect my focus for Christmas. And uh, Christmas should be about giving, not receiving. I don't know if you uh, know the story of uh, what we call even, you know, many people, we get caught up on that, well, Christmas has become so commercialized and everything. And, but even, even the part of Santa Claus which was uh, better known as St. Nicholas. I don't know if you've ever done any study on what about St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas, uh, I just got curious this week, and so I looked up St. Nicholas. And it says, uh, uh, let's see here. <laughs> Wonderful internet. Hang on. Um, St. Nicholas of Myra uh, was an early Christian bishop, bishop of Greek descent from the maritime city of Myra in Asia Minor. And uh, during the time of the Roman Empire, because of the many miracles in his life attributed to his intercession, uh, St. Nicholas was known as an interceder. He would intercede for other people. Um, uh, he is also known as Nicholas the Wonder Worker. St. Nicholas is the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, children, pawnbrokers, unmarried people, and students. His reputation evolved among the pious, as was common for early Christian saints. And uh, the w reason he became known was of his legendary hab habit of secret gift giving. 
which gave rise to the traditional model of Santa Claus or jolly old Saint Nick. And so even, even the image of Santa Claus is about giving, not receiving. And so this time of year, it should be about what Christ gave for us and about what he is doing for us. And even as we celebrate, it's all about we, we can become very selfish about Christmas, can't we? But Christmas needs to, we need to flip the coin on Christmas. Uh, I know some families that I believe do it right. They get up on Christmas Day, and instead of getting pulling everything out from under the tree and uh, seeing what everybody got me, the first thing they do is they go down to the Salvation Army and they serve Christmas dinner. And then when they come back, they give gift cards to each other, which has become a huge thing. But they don't give the gift cards to see what they can get each other. They give gift cards to them, and then their job is to go out from Christmas Day and to give their gift cards away to other people. It should be about giving because Christmas represents sacrificial giving of the ultimate kind, that Christ gave his life for you. And I know I say it all the time, and it's kind of a cliche, but it's very true. In a few months, we're going to celebrate Easter and Easter is the biggest event, should be the most celebratory time for Christians. But you cannot have Easter in four months without what we're celebrating today. Jesus Christ had to leave his throne in glory, had to leave everything, had to leave his father, leave his position in heaven, and come down and be a baby and be flesh and blood for you and for me. So flip Christmas this year. I believe one of the greatest things we could do is just get it off of us and make, turn it into what can we do for, how can we be the hands and feet of Jesus during Christmas? How can we give to other people? Uh, one of the best things I think we can do away with is either get rid of the presence or make the presence about everything we can give away to other people. Amen. So I want you to focus on that today. We're going to stand. We're going to sing one more song. Uh, if you need to come to the altar, Brother Martin will be on that side. I'll be on this side. We would love to pray with you. If you just maybe need to come, and uh, just lay some things down this Christmas season. The altar will be open. Uh, let's stand, though, and we're going to sing, uh, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. Amen. Father, have your will and your way during this time. In Jesus' name, amen.
sing it with us. Sing it out. encourage you for Christmas. And uh, don't forget, Wednesday night, uh, we are going to have the Christmas, children's Christmas party, and we'll give the gifts that got from the angel tree. So uh, please come and take part in that. It's going to be a wonderful night. Again, you can still give towards the angel tree uh, if you want to. And then um, uh, Christmas Eve service, that'll be at five o'clock here, candlelight, Lord's Supper. Uh, come bring family. It'll be a wonderful time. I uh, also want to invite you, Julie and I always go to uh, our son Josh Lee's worship at Marvin Methodist in their contemporary service. They do a Christmas Eve Eve service. Uh, so if you, you just want some more Christmas stuff, you can come. We'll be there. Uh, it's uh, on the, what is that, the 23rd, I guess, yeah, yeah on, Friday. on Friday night. Yeah. At what time is it? Six. Six. So if you want to come, our family will be there. We're, we're going to go out to eat after. We would love to, love to have you, okay? Uh, well, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas season, and uh, let's again, let's just pray that the Lord would uh, just be on our hearts during this time. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for just uh, Brother Martin. Thank you for the message this morning, and Lord, I pray that, God, our Christmas would be centered around that you are God with us, Lord. May we get our hearts and our minds uh, centered off of ourselves and centered on other people, Lord and how we can minister to them, how we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, Lord, just make this a very special time of year. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your Sunday.